Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. I've got an opportunity for you this afternoon. It's going to look like work, but it's actually an opportunity for each one of us. I want to speak this afternoon about prayer and I've called it a prayer of influence or is it a prayer of influence? Who sees that as the word prayer, a prayer of influence? Who sees that as the word a prayer of influence? Yeah. Put a prayer into a prayer and whichever way you do it, you are going to have influence. Prayer is the opportunity I'm talking about this afternoon. And if there is something that... um, why, Why is prayer so hard for us? Most people will say, probably in their Christian war, praying is the is the, the thing they find most difficult to do because it's powerful and it's influential. And if you're going to start praying, then the gates of hell are going to withstand you and you're probably going to get pushed back. That's why it becomes, that's why it is one of the hardest things that we do in our Christian war. But it's an opportunity. We get to pray. We don't have to pray. We get to pray. It's the opportunity. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says this, The God of this age, a little g, you won't see it on the screen, listen, little g, the God of this age, talking about the enemy, talking about the devil, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers. So they can't see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. That's upon us then to take up what is spiritual and what God equips us with spiritually so that we can see God break through in the lives of those that have been blinded. Paul says we want to pray. And what we want to pray for is that the scales that are blinding people will fall away. So sometimes if you're praying and praying for people and you want to see them return to, to the house of God, you want to see them saved, you want to see them walking with God, one of the things that we need to be praying for is that what has blinded them will fall away and then they can see the light of the gospel. So our purpose circles, I want to deal with two of these, you will see. It says Bible prayer, prayer community and influence. And prayer and influence, I think, go together. Because if you're a prayer, you are going to be a person of influence. And if you want to be a person of influence, or you want to influence the situations and circumstances around you, you've got to grab a prayer and use prayer. Because prayer is the weapon that God has given us. I'm going to read some quotes just to get you inspired. I like this one. Prayer is not an old woman's idle amusement. This is an old one. All right, if I bring it up today. Prayer is not some idle amusement. All right, the old woman's idle amusement. Properly understood and applied, prayer is the most is is the most potent instrument of action. The most another one. The most powerful people in the world are those who know how to pray and to have those prayers answered. Prayer is not easy, but when you fully grasp its power and potential, it will become the most exciting prospect for each one of us. My personal favourite from Lord Alfred Tennyson. When I was young, I wanted to be a poet. This guy got it right. I I liked him. All right. More things, more things. This isn't scriptural, but it should be. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. So therefore, let your voice rise like a fountain for me night and day, for we are no better than sheep or goats. 
that can nourish a blind life within the brain. If, knowing God, we lift not hands of prayer, both for ourselves and for those we call friends. For, so the whole round earth is in every way bound by gold chains about the feet of God. Prayer is what God has given us to make, it, uh, make things of the gospel, to make God's reputation, to make God's uh, action possible on the earth. How's this one? When I pray, coincidences happen. You've heard this one. When I don't pray, they don't. So we want to pick up prayer this afternoon. I want to encourage you in that space. Because I don't think there's a shortage of people who want to pray. I, I believe there's a heart. People want to pray. But when we enter into some conversations about it, I hear a lot of the time, I don't know what to pray, or I can pray for a while, and then I, I, I don't know how to continue. Um, I don't know. People want to pray, but there's an equipping that people feel like, well, I'm not quite sure what to do and what I should be praying. And God knows that. God understands that. So throughout the Bible, God's put prayers in people's mouths for their time and for their locale and for their situation. But they're actually prayers God's put in their mouths that we would take up and put in our mouths. So we know David uh, wrote and prayed the Psalms. And the Psalms are there, they're lovely to read, but they're for our mouths to, to pray out and to speak out. Um, Peter, you read the, the epistles of Peter, and he's, he's writing prayers. And then they were good prayers for him at his time, but they're now prayers that God wants us to put in our mouths so we can continue. God has told us, God has shown us what our prayers can sound like and what our prayers should be like and the words that are that are in there. And there's no there's no shortage of prayers we can pick from the Bible. We've got the Lord's Prayer. In most epistles, most of that Paul wrote, will start with a prayer and or end with a prayer. We can go to the Psalms. But if we are praying, it doesn't matter what you pray. I mean, let, let's... Make sure your takeaway is not, I've been doing it wrong up until now. That's not the takeaway. Because in one sense, it doesn't matter what, what words you use. Yeah. All right? It really is about heart, and it really is about faith, and it really is just about including God. Some of the prayers that I've had answered have been simply, God help me, I need you. So please, hear me correctly, it, it's, the words aren't important. Right? It's the heart and the faith and the fact that you're turning to God. But I tell you what, if you do get some good words and you do, uh, what it does is it encourages you, it makes you feel stronger, more confident, and you feel like you're, you are actually influencing and uh, changing the situations and circumstances around you. So I'm going I'm to read from um, the opening of the book of Colossians, and there's a Wonderful prayer there, which uh, I've just chosen from the selection that we have through the New Testament. Um, but I want to use it as an illustration of um, sometimes just just taking God's words and using His words. We don't have to make up our own words. And in fact, if you take God's word, then you're going to be taking up what. Paul describes as the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And if we're in the prayer realm, then we're in the spiritual realm. And so it's not a bad idea to come with the sword of the Spirit. You know? 
And if there's something I want to do this afternoon, it's just to add to your armory. You know, it doesn't matter what words you use, but maybe you might want to pull this sword out. And it, see what I'm doing? Yeah. Sometimes I think it's not bad if, you, if you're praying to, to actually, particularly if you're praying the word of God, to walk around with the sword. You know, what you do in the natural is seen in, has, has influence in the spiritual as well. Sometimes I think for us, with our brains, we've got to be a little bit careful about um, uh, getting too much in our head. See, often me, this is me, this is me doing praise and worship. Uh, and this is me doing spiritual warfare. And this is me interceding for my family and friend. It's all happening in there. Yeah. But sometimes I think we've got to get up and, and, and what, what we're saying with our heart and our spirit, we're also doing with, with our body. So if we pray the Word of God, from the Word of God, what God has put in the Bible, and He's put it in there for us to put in our mouths, then we can take up the sword of the Spirit, and it's effective and it's powerful and it's influential. The other thing we can be sure about if we're praying the Word of God is this. In 1 John 5, it says, If we pray anything that is agreeable to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know we've obtained the requests we ask of Him. What's that based on? If we pray anything that is agreeable to His will, if we're praying straight out of the Word of God, then we can be pretty sure we're praying His agreeable will. So when we pray straight out of the Bible, we're praying God's agreeable will and we're taking up the sword of the Spirit, two powerful things that we can do. And the exciting thing I like about this prayer from Colossians 1, 9 to 14, there's another one, good, good one in Ephesians, and start looking around. Um, it's because we can pray for ourselves. And when we get to the end, we're going to pray the prayer and we're going to pray it for ourselves. Because so it's, it's a great little, Paul's put a great checklist down to go, Mate, yeah, get this covered and, and make sure you cover this and make sure you cover that. By the time you get to the list, you've got a really powerful thing that you've been praying for, for yourself, but then also for your family. I use this prayer a lot for my, for my family and I also use it a lot for people I don't like. <laughs> people I don't want to pray for. God says pray for your enemies. That's pretty, how, how am I going to do that? Well, I, 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 I don't have the words for that. But this, this prayer is, is, is powerful and can lead us down that road of praying for people that we don't particularly um, want to pray for. That's actually where God pointed me to this. Someone came up to me who'd been um, not nice to me for years and years and years and just went, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Walked off. Right? That was the apology. So I'm going, first of all, I'm not your mate. <laughs> um, and second of all, you know, that doesn't make up for six years of yeah. you know, disdain and maltreatment. Yeah. But then as they walked away, God, you've got to pray for them. Yeah. Yeah? So this is a really useful prayer to pray for people who you're not, um, who you're called to pray for. Let's put it that way, shall we? So let's have a look at it. And then we'll track through, look at it verse by verse, and then we're going to pray it at the end. I want to encourage you this afternoon to pray the Word of God. 
into whatever situation or circumstance you are in. If this prayer doesn't fit, then find one in the Word of God that does fit. Because God does not leave us equipless for a spiritual fight. He will equip us. And the best equipping we have is to put His Word in our mouth. All right. Colossians 1, verses 9 to 14. Are you ready for this opportunity that looks like work, but it's not? For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. This is Paul praying for us. Now we're going to take that prayer and we're going to pray for other people, if not ourselves as well. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. That's a great thing. So that you would live a life that's worthy of the Lord. That's a good thing. That you would please him in every way. That you would bear fruit in every good work. That you would grow in the knowledge of God. That you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. That you would have great endurance and patience. Are you loving this prayer? I am. That you would give joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. What a great prayer to pray over yourself, for your family, for anyone that God puts upon your heart. Now, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want you to throw out everything you're already praying or your style. just want you to add this. So still pray the prayers that you would normally pray. And most praying is requesting, asking God for stuff. Even if you run through the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You know, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Forgive my sins. It's asking God for stuff. And also throw it in there will be somewhere where we thank God and we, you know. So I still pray for the things that are on your heart, you know, for that provision, for that job. You know, for favour upon your children's life. Whatever that might be, that's flowing. It's including God. But this prayer goes a little bit deeper than that. It says, think, says, tells us to think bigger picture. Puts us probably more on how God thinks and, and God sees things. So he doesn't ask for less trials. He asks for endurance and perseverance. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Biblical. Jesus says, I have overcome it. So he doesn't ask for less trials, but he goes, trials are going to come, so I'm praying for endurance and perseverance. He doesn't ask for a prosperous life. He asks for a life that's worthy of the Lord. I'm still going to pray for a prosperous life, because if I'm prosperous, I can do stuff for the house of God. But, and please, he doesn't ask for self-centered ambitions that are, will be fulfilled, but rather that there be fruitfulness in good works and growth in the knowledge of God and the knowledge of his will, and the knowledge of God himself. So he's telling us that the rich and rewarding life is going to find its fulfilment in a life that's dedicated to the pursuit and the pleasing of God, rather than anything that we might find on this mortal coil. So let's go through each of these verses, let's unpack them a little bit, and then we'll come back and pray at the end. So verse 9. This is what Paul kicks off. He says, start with this. <coughs> that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. I'll pray that for myself. God, fill me with the knowledge of your will 
with the wisdom and the understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. So it reminds us that the Holy Spirit is central to who we are and what we do. We must begin with the Holy Spirit. Paul reminds us that if you're after wisdom and understanding, it will only come through the Holy Spirit. John 16 says this pretty plainly. When the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. Because he's going to receive from me and he's going to make it known to you. So the Holy Spirit's our direct connection to the mind, the thoughts, and the ways of God. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. We're going to need revelation. We need it from the Holy Spirit. Because God has a will for us. But he's also got a will for the world. And one of the things I think is exciting, if we as his sons and daughters can see where God is going and what God is doing for our own lives, for the people God has put in our lives, for our community and our society as a whole. We want God's will to be done. We want to pray that. And to pray that, we've sort of got to understand it. Now, Jesus says, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is that will? Well, it's to love and serve other people, but we want to find that specific thing for us. So, we want to live in partnership with the Holy Spirit. That's how we're to live. We're called ministers of the Spirit that brings life. And so this is a great thing for us to pray. It's God language. Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all the wisdom and all the understanding that the Spirit gives. In my natural, I'm not quite sure how I would pray that, but I don't have to work it out. God's told me how to pray for the Holy Spirit by giving us this word. Verse 10, that you would live a life that's worthy of the Lord, that you will please him in every way, that you will bear fruit in every good work, that you would grow in the knowledge of God. This is what I pray over my sons, because I don't know what to pray for them, but God's telling me. So I go, Lord, that they would live a life that's worthy of you, that they would please you in every way, that they will bear fruit in every good work and they will grow in the knowledge of you. What a great prayer and a blessing to pray. And we do it in faith. You know, we know that God's hand, God has to, is true to his word and he hears our prayer and we're praying according to his will. So here it comes. That's what I'm praying and blessing and prophesying over my family. And it's not about earthly success. What we want is to live a life that is good and whole and godly and righteous as best we can with God's help so that who we are and what we say and what we do points people to God. That's a life that is worthy. That's a life that is bearing fruit. I'm loving, I'm joyful, I'm patient, I'm peaceful, I'm kind, I'm good, I'm gentle, I've got self-control. That's what we're praying for. But we want to pray that for other people, you know, because Paul puts the other side of that, and the other side is this, and this isn't nice for us to leave people in this place. Immoral, impure, hatred, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, envy, and selfish ambition. These are people who don't know God, and God is relying on us to pray blessing and to prophesy over them 
That what? That they will bear fruit in every good work, Lord. Father, I'm praying for the unsaved in the streets around this church. I pray, Lord, that they will live a life that is worthy of you. I pray, Lord, that they will please you. I pray, Lord, that they will bear fruit in every good work and that they will grow in the knowledge of you. What a great thing to pray. God is so unlike us that we really have to have a revelation from him of who he is. So in humility, we ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate in order that we will see God in all his fullness and all his glory. John 17 tells us this. This is Jesus speaking. This is eternal life, that you know me. Sorry, this is eternal life that they know you, talking to the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What a great prayer to pray. God, increase in me the knowledge of who you are. That is the secret, and that is the source of eternal life. We want to grow into the image of who Christ is. We want to be more like him. We want to be less like us. And we want him to change us from glory to glory. But it must begin with him. And it must begin with us opening our hearts, opening our spirits, opening our minds to let God teach us and to lead us further and deeper into the relationship with him. We want to grow in the knowledge of his will, but we want to grow in the knowledge of who God is as well. Verse 11. So be strengthened. Be strengthened with every power according to the glorious might of our Lord Jesus so that you would have great endurance and patience. In our Connect group this week, we talked about endurance and patience. And Paul in Romans says, if you have endurance and patience, then you're going to be perfect. And your perfection will see hope firmly established and planted in your spirit. Life, living a life worthy of our God is going to call for endurance because life will not always go as we plan. Anybody? Uh Uh-huh. But as people of faith, we know God's hand remains on us and his plan, his perfect plan, will unfold. So we can be patient, we can endure because our faith is firmly established in him. We want to pray for ourselves, though. We want to guard against that. God, give me endurance. Grant me patience according to your glorious lives. Not me. What I am doing is handing myself over and putting myself into God's hands, letting his spirit move through me. We want to pray for God to grace people who may have lost their spiritual zeal, whose love for God, whose faith in God might have started to lag or to fall away. What can we do? We want to take up the sword of the spirit. We want to pray, we want to prophesy the word of God over them. Father, I pray that they would be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might. Lord, that they would have great endurance. They would have patience, Lord God. They would be strengthened in you. That we would see them return to your side. We would see them again in the house of God. Father, strengthen them, we pray. Not doing it in our own strength. We're looking to God. God-centred endurance and patience speaks of strength on the inside, not easy circumstances on the outside. Easy circumstances on the outside will come and go, 
We want to make sure on the inside we're being stable, we're being steady, we're being ever-present. So we want to pray for that patience. We want to pray for that endurance. Then we hit verse 12. This is the highlight of my prayer. When I'm praying for people using this prayer, when I'm praying for my children, this is, this is where I get really excited. Because up until now, I've been doing the asking, the requesting. God loves that. And now I come to this point where I thank God and glorify who he is. And here's the ultimate. Lord, I give joyful thanks to you. Father, for you've qualified me to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For you've rescued us from the dominion of darkness. You've brought us into the kingdom of the Son you love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So I prophesy that over people, even if they're, if they're not saved. I prophesy that over my family. Father, I thank you that they will give joyful thanks to you. Lord, they will, will glorify your name. They will acknowledge that you have rescued them from the kingdom of darkness and you have brought them into the kingdom of light. And I'm picturing them praying that and I'm picturing them praising and I'm picturing them in the, amongst the house of God. Father, that uh, you will rescue them from the dominion of darkness, that you will bring them into the kingdom of the Son you love, in whom and where they will have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And that's a revelation we want to have alive in us continually, that God has qualified us, that God has redeemed us, that God has forgiven us because of his son, Jesus, the one who was without blemish, the one who was without sin, the one who was holy, but went to the cross and paid the price on our behalf. And so we give joyful thanks to you. I don't quite know what to say. How do I thank God? Let's use the words he gave us. Jesus, I thank you because you qualified me to share in the inheritance of the holy people. Jesus, I thank you for you rescued me from darkness. You brought me into the kingdom of your son whom you love. You have given me redemption. You have given me the forgiveness of sins. Do you think the devil likes us praying that stuff? I don't think so. The devil will flee. If we are declaring, if we are speaking, and we are praying yeah. the word of God, then it's not us. This is coming with God's authority, yeah. not me saying it. Yeah. God says this. So, yeah. back off. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. Cool. We want them to be gloriously beautiful in their relationship with God. And so many in our lives, in our sphere of influence, may have found themselves falling away and veering away from the presence of God, from the practice of God, from, from connection with God's people. So we're praying, we're seeking a restoration for them. Even for ourselves, if we've lost our joy, then what we want to do is, God, give me that spirit of thankful joy for what you have done for us. So Colossians 1, 9 to 14, it's just one example. I could have printed it out to give to you, but I said, no, you can do it yourselves. You can go and do the work. Sorry, thinking like a high school teacher. Maybe I'll do it next week. But you can find them in Ephesians. You can find them in Peter's letters. You can find them in Romans. Jesus 
gave us the Lord's Prayer. John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. Read through the Psalms. But they're prayers that God has given for us to put in our mouths now and to pray with conviction and to pray with heart. Excuse me. And that's how you will become a prayer of influence. When you pray, coincidences happen. When you don't, they won't. The whole earth is bound by gold chains around the feet of God. Talking about prayer. It's a wonderful prayer to have in our weaponry. It's a blessing to prophesy and pray that. Verse 9 to 14. Over ourselves, our families, and over the lives of others. Always pray from the heart. Always. Coming back to my first point. The words aren't, it's the heart. However, if you've got words and you've got the word of God, how much more powerful and effective do you feel? You're on the front foot. You're not guessing what to say. You're not guessing what to pray. You're on the front foot with the sword of the spirit. That's why God called it the sword of the spirit. Always pray from the heart. But if you're unsure what to pray, pray directly from the word of God because that will be powerful. And when you pray God's word, in accordance with what John writes. You can be confident that you're praying God's will. Yeah. You can be confident you're praying God's will because he's written it. You can be confident if you're praying God's will that he hears it. And with that will come a sense of peace. The Bible says if you make requests and you thank God, then there's a peace that comes upon you. You're handing people you're handing situations, you're handing circumstances over to God. And you're praying and speaking with authority. The authority that comes from God. So we feel a sense of peace because God's taken our burden and he will act on our behalf concerning those things we have prayed and for whomever we have prayed for. So church, let me pray that prayer twice now, once for, once for us, we're going to take a bit of time to uh, pray for somebody in your world. We're going to pray that prayer and see God's blessing come upon them. So just as the music plays, just to still ourselves. Let's just rest for a minute. Holy Spirit is here. Let him in. Let him in. We spoke about the cracks. Let the Holy Spirit in now. Just Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I know you. You're going to strengthen me. You got something good. Let me pray this. Lord, Father, God, we ask that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will. 
with all the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. Lord, we commit, help us, bless us, that we will live a life that is worthy of you, that we will please you in every way by what we say, what we do, what we think. Lord, that we would bear fruit in every good work, that we would grow in the knowledge of you. Strengthen us, Lord, with all the power according to your glorious might, that we would have great endurance and patience, that we would be people of faith, who would persevere, who would endure. And Lord, we give joyful thanks to you, for you've qualified us to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. Father, we thank you, you've rescued us, from the dominion of darkness, you've brought us into the kingdom of your Son, whom you love, and in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. We declare that, we prophesy that over our lives, Lord, and we receive it through your loving Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So now as we come to pray that again, I want you to picture someone in your life, someone in your sphere of influence. You're a prayer of influence. God's got you in their world for you to influence their world with and for God. someone you work with, it could be community or state or national leader, it could be family, children, just whoever it is, grab them in your heart now and let's bless them. Lord, again we come to you, we pray that you would fill this loved one, these loved ones, these people, fill them, Lord, with the knowledge of your will, with all the wisdom and understanding that your Holy Spirit gives. Lord, that they would live a life that is worthy of you, that they would please you in every way. Father, I bless them. I pray that they would bear fruit in every good work, that they would grow in the knowledge of you and who you are. Lord, I pray you would strengthen them with all power according to your glorious might. Lord, that they would have great endurance and patience. And Father, that they will give joyful thanks to you. They will thank you for qualifying them to share in the inheritance of your holy people in the kingdom of light. Father, I thank you. You've rescued them from the dominion of darkness. You've brought them into the kingdom of the Son whom you love. They have redemption and they have forgiveness of sins. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. Thank you. If there's something in that prayer that has really grabbed you or shifted you or spoken to you this afternoon and you're thinking, 
is there something more I can be doing, something I can be moving into? There is a next steps card in the pocket in front of you. And there's things about water baptism, connect group, college, knowing more about Jesus, making a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if that's you this afternoon, I encourage you to tick that little box, bring it down to me. I'll be here for the next while or so. Love to meet you, talk with you, and see what we can do next steps. Wise. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.